Chapter Thirty Three of Personal Narrative of Pilgrimage to El Medina and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Thirty Three of Personal Narrative of a Pilgrimage to El Medina and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. Places of Pious Visitation at Mecca the traveller has little work at the holy city with exceptions of jabal nur and jabal thawr all the places of pious visitation lie inside or close outside the city footnote jabal nur or jabal hira has been mentioned before jabal thawr rises at some distance to the south of mecca and contains the celebrated cave in which muhammad and abu bakr took refuge during the flight End of footnote it is well worth the while to ascend abu qubais not so much to inspect the makan al-hajar and the shaq al-qamar the tradition of these places is related by every historian the former is the repository of the black stone during the deluge the latter splitting of the moon is the spot where the prophet stood when to convert the idolatrous quraysh he caused half the orb of the night to rise from behind abu qubais and the other from jabal qayqa'an on the western horizon this silly legend appears unknown to muhammad's day and a footnote as to obtain an excellent bird's-eye view of the harem and the parts adjacent footnote the pilgrimage season strictly speaking concluded this year on the seventeenth of september or thirteenth of the hijjah at which time travellers began to move towards jeddah those who purposed visiting al medina would start about three weeks afterwards and many who had leisure intended witnessing the muharram ceremonies at mecca and a footnote the boy mohammed had applied himself sedulously to commerce after his return home and had actually been seen by sheikh nur sitting at a shop and selling small curiosities with my plenary consent i was made over to abdullah his brother on the morning of the fifteenth of the hijjah nineteenth of september he hired two asses and accompanied me as guide to the holy places mounting our animals we followed the road before described to the jannat al-ma'la the sacred cemetery of mecca a rough wall with a poor gateway encloses a patch of barren and grim-looking ground at the foot of a chain which bounds the city's western suburb and below al-aqaba the gap through which khalid bin al-walid entered mecca with a triumphant prophet footnote this is the local tradition it does not agree with authentic history Muir in Life of Muhammad, Volume Four, page hundred twenty-six, reminds me that Khalid and his Bedouin attacked the citizens of Mecca without the Prophet's leave, but after the attack he may have followed in his leader's train. And a footnote: Inside are a few ignoble whitewashed domes. All are of modern construction, for here, as at Al Baqar further north, the Wahhabis indulged their levelling propensities. Footnote: The reason of their vandalism has been noticed in a previous volume. End of footnote. The rest of the crown shows some small enclosures belonging to particular houses, equivalent to our family vaults and the ruins of humble tombs lying in confusion whilst a few parched alloys spring from between the bricks and stones footnote 
the aloe here as in egypt is hung like the dried crocodile over houses as talisman against evil spirits burckhardt assigns as a motive for it being planted in graveyards that its name sabir denotes the patience with which the believer awaits the last day and lane remarks the alloy thus hung over the door without earth and water will live several years and even blossom hence it is called sabir which signifies patience in india it is hung up to prevent mosquitoes entering a room i believe the superstition to be fragment of african fetishism the gallas to the present day plant always on graves and supposes that when the plant sprouts the deceased has been admitted into the gardens of wak the creator ideas breed vocables but seldom except among rhymesters does the vocable give birth to a popular idea and in arabic sabr as well as sabr is the name for aloe and a footnote the cemetery is celebrated in local history here the body of abdullah bin zubair was exposed by the order of hajjaj bin yusuf and the number of saints buried in it has been so numerous that even the twelfth century may have fallen into oblivion it is visited by the citizens on fridays and by women on thursdays to prevent the meeting of sexes which in the east is so detrimental to public decorum i shall be sparing in my description of the mala ceremonies as the prayers prostrations and supplications are almost identical with those performed at al baqir after a long supplication pronounced standing at the doorway we entered and sauntered about the burial ground on the left of the road stood an enclosure which according to abdullah belonged to his family the door and stone slabs being valuable to the poor had been removed and the graves of his forefathers appeared to have been invaded by the jackal he sighed recited a fatha with tears in his eyes and hurried me away from the spot the first dome which we visited covered the remains of abdurrahman the son of abu bakr one of the worthies of al-islam equally respected by sunni and by shia the tomb was a simple catafalque spread with the usual cloth after performing our devotions at this grave and distributing a few piastres to the guardians and beggars we crossed the main path and found ourselves at the door of the cupola beneath which sleeps the venerable khadija muhammad's first wife the tomb was covered with a green cloth and the walls of the little building were decorated with written specimens of religious poetry a little beyond it we were shown into another dome the resting-place of siti amina the prophet's mother footnote burckhardt mentions the tomb of umna the mother of amna in the mala at mecca and all the ciceroni agree about the locality yet historians place it at abwa where she gave up the ghost after visiting al medina to introduce her son to his relations and the learned believe that the prophet refused to pray over or to intercede for his mother she having died before al-islam was revealed and a footnote burckhardt chronicles its ill-usage by the fanatic wahhabis it has now been rebuilt in that frugal style that characterizes the architecture of al-hijaz an exceedingly garrulous old woman came to the door invited us in and superintended our devotions at the end of which she sprinkled rose water upon my face when asked for a cool draught she handed me a metal saucer whose contents smelt strongly of mastic earnestly directing me to drink it in a sitting posture 
this tomb she informed us is the property of a single woman who visits in every evening receives the contributions of the faithful prays sweeps the pavement and dusts the furniture we left five piastres for this respectable maiden and gratified the officious crone with another shilling she repaid us by signalling to some score of beggars that a rich pilgrim had entered the mala and their importunities fairly drove me out of the hallowed walls leaving the genital mala we returned towards the town and halted on the left side of the road at a mean building called the masjid al jinn mosque of the jinni here was revealed the seventy-second chapter of the al-qur'an called after the name of the mysterious fire-drakes who paid fealty to the prophet descending a flight of steps for this mosque like all ancient localities at mecca is as much below as us above ground we entered a small apartment containing water-pots for drinking and all the appurtenances of ablution in it is shown the mawda al khat place of the writing where muhammad wrote a letter to abu mas'ud after the homage of the jinnis a second and interior flight of steps led to another diminutive oratory where the prophet used to pray and receive the archangel gabriel having performed a pair of bows which caused the perspiration to burst forth as if in a russian bath i paid a few piastres and issued from the building with much satisfaction we had some difficulty in urging our donkeys through the crowded street called zaqaq al-hajr presently we arrived at the bayt al-nabi the prophet's old house in which he lived with sitti khadija here says burckhardt the lady fatima first saw light and here according to ibn jubair al-hasan and al-husayn were born footnote burckhardt calls it maulit sittana fatima but the name qubbat al-wahi applied by my predecessor to this locality is generally made synonymous with al-mukhtaba the hiding-place where the prophet and his followers used to pray in dangerous times and a footnote dismounting at the entrance we descended a deep flight of steps and found ourselves in a spacious hall vaulted and for better appearance than most of the sacred edifices at mecca in the centre a well-railed round stood a closet of rich green and gold stuffs in shape not unlikely an umbrella tent a surly porter guarded the closed door which some respectable people vainly attempted to open by honeyed words a whisper from abdullah solved the difficulty i was directed to lie at full length upon my stomach and to kiss a black-looking stone said to be the lower half of the lady fatima's quern fixed at the bottom of a basin of some material footnote so loose is the local tradition that some have confounded this quern with the nataq nabi the stone which god gave speed to the prophet and a footnote thence we repaired to a corner and recited a two-bow at the place where the prophet used to pray the sunnah and the nafila or supererogatory devotions footnote he would of course pray the fard or obligatory devotions at the shrine End of footnote. again remounting we proceeded at a leisurely pace homewards and on the way passed through the principal slave-market it is a large street roofed with matting and full of coffee-houses the merchandise sat in rows parallel with the walls the prettiest girls occupied the highest benches below were the plainer sort and the lowest of all the boys they were all gaily dressed in pink and other light-coloured muslins with transparent veils over their heads 
and whether from the effect of such unusual splendour or from their reactions succeeding their terrible land journey and sea voyage they appeared to be perfectly happy laughing loudly talking unknown tongues and quizzing purchasers even during the delicate operation of purchasing there were some pretty galas douce-looking abyssinians and africans of various degrees of hideousness from the half-arab somal to the baboon-like swahili the highest price of which i could hear was sixty pounds and here i matured a resolve to strike if favoured by fortune a death-blow at the trade which is eating into the vitals of industry in eastern africa the reflection was pleasant the idea that the humble hadji contemplating the scene from his donkey might become the instrument of the total abolition of this pernicious traffic footnote about a year since the writing above a firman was issued by the porte suppressing the traffic from central africa hitherto we have respected slavery in the red sea because the turk thence drew his supplies we are now destitute of an excuse a single steamer would destroy the trade and if we delay to take active measures the people of england who have spent millions in keeping up a west african squadron will not hold us guiltless of negligence note to the second edition the slave trade has since these remarks were penned been suppressed with a high hand the arabs of al-hijaz resented the measure by disowning the supremacy of the porte but they were soon reduced to submission and a footnote what would have become of that pilgrim had the crowd in the slave market guessed his intentions passing through the large bazaar called sugilel i saw the palace of mohammed bin aoun quondam prince of mecca it has a certain look of rude magnificence the effect of huge hanging balconies scattered in profusion over lofty walls clairvoies of brickwork and of course various coloured stones the owner is highly popular among the bedouin and feared by the citizens on account of his fierce looks courage and treachery they describe him to me as vir bonus bene strangulando perutus but mr cole who knew him personally gave him a high character for generosity and freedom from fanaticism he seems to have some idea of the state which should hedge in a ruler his palaces at mecca and that now turned into a wakala at jeddah are the only places in the country that can be called princely he is now a state prisoner at constantinople and the bedouin pray in vain for his return Footnote the prince was first invested with the sharifat by muhammad ali of egypt in a d eighteen twenty seven when yahya fled after stabbing his nephew in the kaaba to the banu harb bedouin he was supported by ahmed pasha of mecca with a large army but after the battle of taraba in which ibrahim pasha was worsted by the bedouin muhammad bin aoun accused of acting as sila was sent in honourable bondage to cairo he again returned to mecca where the rapacity of his eldest son abdullah who would rob pilgrims caused fresh misfortunes in a d eighteen fifty six when abdul muttalib was appointed sharif the pasha was ordered to send bin aoun to stamboul no easy task the turk succeeded by a manoeuvre mohammed's two sons appearing to be at jeddah were invited to inspect a man-of-war and were there made prisoners upon this the father yielded himself up 
although it is said the flashing of the badawi sabre during his embarkation made the turks rejoice that they had won the day by statecraft the wild men of al-hijaz still sing songs in honour of this sharif note to the second edition early in eighteen fifty six when the sharif abdul muttalib was deposed mohammed bin aoun was sent from constantinople to quiet the insurrection caused by the new slave laws in al-hijaz in a short space of time he completely succeeded End of footnote. the other places of pious visitation at mecca are briefly these one natq al-nabi a small oratory in zuqaq al-hijr it derives its name from the following circumstance as the prophet was knocking at the door of abu bakr's shop a stone gave him god's speed and told him that the master was not home the wonderful mineral is of reddish-black colour about a foot in dimension and fixed in the wall somewhat higher than a man's head there are servants attached to it and the street sides are spread as usual with the napkins of importunate beggars two moulid al nabi or the prophet's birthplace footnote the twelfth of rabi al awwal or muhammad's birthday is here celebrated with great festivities feasts prayers and perusals of the quran these molids or ceremonies of nativity are by no means limited to a single day in a year and a footnote it is a little chapel in the sugalayl not far from mohammed bin aoun's palace it is below the present level of the ground and the centre is a kind of tent concealing it it is said a hole in the floor upon which amina sat to be delivered three in the quarter shab ali near the maulid al nabi is the birthplace of ali another oratory below the ground here as in the former place a maulid and a ziyara are held on the anniversary of the lion's birth four near khadija's house and the natak al nabi is a place called al muttaka from a stone against which the prophet leaned when worn out with fatigue it is much visited by devotees and some declare that on one occasion the father of lies appeared to the prophet in the form of an elderly man and tempted him to sin by asserting that the mosque prayers were over this stone disclosing the fraud caused the fiend to flee five Maulid hamza a little building at the old bab umra near the shabaiqi cemetery here was the bazan or the channel down which the ain hunayn ran into the birkat majid and many authorities doubt that hamza was born at this place footnote the reader is warned that i did not see the five places above enumerated the ciceronian books mention twelve other visitations several of which are known only by name one al muqtaba or the hiding place alluded to in the preceding pages its locality is the subject of debate two dar al khayzaran where the prophet prayed secretly till the conversion of umar enabled him to dispense with concealment three maulid umar or umar's birthplace mentioned in books as being visited by devotees in the fourteenth of rabi al awwal of every year four abu bakr's house near natak al nabi it is supposed to have been destroyed in the twelfth century five maulid jafar al tayyar near the shabaiqi cemetery six al mada an oratory also called nafas al-ard because here creation began seven dar al-hijra where muhammad and abu bakr mounted for the flight eight masjid al-raya where the prophet planted his flag when mecca surrendered nine masjid al-shajra a spot at which muhammad caused the tree to advance and to retire ten 
Masjid Jarana, where Muhammad clad himself in the pilgrim garb, it is still visited by some Persians. 11. Masjid Ibrahim, or Abu Qubais. 12. Masjid Dhu Tawa. End of footnote. The reader must now be as tired of pious visitations as I was. Before leaving Mecca, I was urgently invited to dine by old Ali bin Yasin the Zamzami, a proof that he entertained inordinate expectations, excited, it appeared, by the boy Muhammad, for the simple purpose of exalting his own dignity. One day we were hurriedly summoned about 3 p.m. to the senior's house, a large building at Zuqaq al-Hajr. We found it full of pilgrims, amongst whom we had no trouble to recognize our fellow-travellers, the quarrelsome old or not and his impudent slave-boy. Ali met us upon the staircase, and conducted us into an upper room, where we sat upon divans and with pipes and coffee prepared for dinner. Presently the semicircle arose to receive a eunuch, who lodged somewhere in the house. He was a person of importance, being the guardian of some dames of high degree at Cairo and Constantinople. The highest place and the best pipe were unhesitatingly offered to and accepted by him. He sat down with dignity, answered diplomatically certain mysterious questions about the dames, and applied his blubber lips to a handsome mouthpiece of lemon-coloured amber, it was a fair lesson of humility for a man to find himself ranked beneath this high-shouldered, spindle-shanked, beardless bit of neutrality, and as such I took it duly to heart. The dinner was served up in a sinia, a plated copper tray about six feet in circumference, and handsomely ornamented with arabesque and inscriptions. Under this was the usual kursi or stool, composed of mother-o'-pearls facets set in sandalwood and upon it a well-tinned and clean-looking service of the same material as the senia. We began with a variety of stews, stews with spinach, stews with bamia or hibiscus, and rich vegetable stews. These being removed, we dipped hands in biryani, a meat pilau abounding in clarified butter, kima, finely chopped meat, warak mahshi, vine leaves filled with chopped and spiced mutton and folded into small triangles, kebab or bits of roti spitted in mouthfuls upon a splinter of wood together with a salata of the crispest cucumber and various dishes of watermelon cut into squares bread was represented by the eastern scone but it was of superior flavour and far better than the ill-famed chapati of india our drink was water perfumed with mastic after the meat came a kunafa, fine vermicelli sweetened with honey and sprinkled with powdered white sugar several stews of apple and quinces muhallabiya a thin jelly made of rice flour milk starch and a little perfume together with squares of raha a confiture highly prized in these regions because it comes from constantinople footnote familiar to rahat al-hulqum the pleasure of the throat a name which has sorely puzzled our tourists this sweetmeat would be pleasant had it not smelled so strongly of the periquia's shop rosewater tempts to many culinary sins in the east and europeans cannot dissociate it from the idea of a lotion however if a guest is to be honoured rosewater must often take the place of the pure element even in tea and a footnote the dinner concluded with a pilau of rice and butter for the easier discussion of which we were provided with carved wooden spoons 
arabs ignore the delightful french art of prolonging dinner after washing your hands you sit down throw an embroidered napkin over your knees and with a bismillah by the way of grace plunge your hand into the attractive dish changing ad libitum occasionally sucking your fingertips as boys do lollipops and varying that diversion by cramming a chosen morsel into a friend's mouth when your hunger is satisfied you do not sit for your companions you exclaim alhamd edge away from the tray wash your hands and mouth with soap display signs of repletion otherwise you will be pressed to eat more seize your pipe sip your coffee and take your calf nor is it customary in these lands to sit together after dinner the evening prayer cuts short the sands before we rose to take leave of ali bin yasin a boy ran into the room and displayed those infantine civilities which in the east are equivalent to begging a present i slipped a dollar into his hand at the sight of which he the veritable little meccan would not contain his joy a rial he exclaimed a rial look grandpa the good effendi has given me a rial the old gentleman's eyes twinkled with emotion he saw how easily the coin had slipped from my fingers and he fondly hoped that he had not seen the last piece verily thou art a good young man he ejaculated adding fervently as prayers cost nothing may allah further all thy desires a gentle patting of the back evidenced his high approval i never saw old ali after that evening but entrusted to the boy mohammed what was considered a just equivalent for his services End of chapter thirty three